G'day there. Welcome along to the Agenda podcast special. Now, this one here is a one-on-one interview with Formula One driver Liam Lawson. He's just released a a doco around his season last year in Japan and his dalliance into F1 in which he gained... uh, Alpha Tori's first point in Singapore. So it's a great little doco on YouTube. It's on our website if you want to check that out as well. But I managed to sit down with him. Uh, I have 10 or 15 minutes with him recently. I ask him a, a series of pretty inappropriate questions. Uh, and also we get dive deep into uh, a testicular injury he uh, he suffered. Well, he didn't suffer uh, in Japan. And I, uh, I sympathise with him as I had the same issues. Anyway, here's a quick interview with Formula One reserve driver for Red Bull this season. The great New Zealander Liam Lawson. Do you, yeah. But do you wear a jock strap? Do you wear? How do you? How do you? What's the deal with the package? Like, how did it come loose? Um, it's it didn't come loose. You basically have. Um, have you ever been in like a six point harness before? You have your. Oh. oh okay. You have your your you have your harness across your shoulders. Yeah. You have your lap belts here. Yes. And then in single seaters, yes. we have belts basically two like quite thin belts that come between your legs basically one either side and yeah. they go into these that's here and they basically hold your legs in because when you break really hard and you force is moving forward it's basically hold you back yeah um and but you basically have to tuck them underneath everything so it's quite important right. to arrange everything in a way that that it's all and i'd never really had too many issues with that until racing in japan and apparently the belt system in that car was just a lot tighter than i was used to do you think it's because j- japanese People in general are a lot smaller. I'm not saying in that d- department, but potentially just physically quite smaller, and they didn't cater for you. Honestly, I think it has absolutely nothing to do with it. But <laughs> I, but you know, it is a fair point. But I think honestly, it was just the way the way the way it was. Um, and yeah, basically for that race, I must have just not arranged it properly. And what happened is because they're so tight, one literally pops out. Yes. You know, it's not like it yeah. comes loose; it literally pops out, yeah. and then it's on the other side. Yeah, and that's what the Bane is from basically so yeah I, I, well there was a lot of stubbies back in the day and I found that, I found that <laughs> issue as well but uh, Liam Lawson uh, welcome along to the Agenda podcast it's a pleasure to have you here we've just um, watched a, a wee doco in the wings um, about your um, season uh, last year uh, and your journey um, through through that what uh, what's what is besides popping a nut and not or not popping a nut um, what are what are the plans uh, what's the future what, what's what happens this year this year is um, quite simple right now. It's basically a uh, reserve role. So how I've been um, with Red Bull for the last couple of years, I've al- always been doing a separate program as well as being reserved. So I've raced in Formula 2, raced in Super Formula, whereas this year there's no racing program alongside it. It's just basically full focus on, on Formula 1 and being reserve and, and preparing for um, for driving the car, basically. And obviously I don't know if and when that could happen, but... Yeah that's obviously what the preparation's for. So you get to go on the full Formula One tour. You are with the team for every single race meeting? Every single race, yeah. Well, that's pretty, I guess it's going to be pretty wild. That's going to be pretty wild. And I need to ask you this question. I, I watched the Las Vegas Grand Prix back-to-back. That was fucking wild, man. Like, ever since the drive to survive, how wild has Formula One become, particularly in the U.S.? In the US, it's it's massive. All the US Grand Prix. Austin is probably my favourite race um, to go to. Austin is, as a race was is always really exciting. Uh, the atmosphere is always really cool yeah. in Texas. And then Vegas. Vegas was really cool, but the timings were not so cool. Um, we were the first night. Uh, 
there was a drain cover that came up and practice got delayed and basically practice two was at 4.30 in the morning. Um, and I, re- I remember being on the pit wall trying not to fall asleep. Obviously, like, because there's cameras as well that come up to you and you don't yeah, want to yeah. be the guy. Imagine a camera comes up to me and I'm sitting on the pit wall. And you're asleep. Like, don't that would be yet. great if you're asleep. So the next drive to survive is oh. Liam Lawson sleeping on the pit wall. That'd be great. And it would go everywhere. So, I, you know, I'm trying to stay awake. I was, like, turning my chair around and staring into the lights that were lighting up the track just to try and keep myself awake. Um, but the event itself was wicked, obviously. Um, another one with, with the atmosphere was crazy, the, the amount of people that came. Um, yeah, it's it's obviously since Drive to Survive, the the sport has changed in that department. Yeah, what's the, I mean, what's the wildest thing you've seen been at, on the Formula One tour? What's the wildest thing? Because I I see the Martin Brundle pit walk, which is one of my highlights. Is seeing Martin Brundle just go to start interviewing, getting getting first of all stonewalled by a lot of people, including Shaquille O'Neal, which was one of my favourite bits. What's the wildest thing that you've seen that you just come across uh, on the on the Formula One scene? Uh, it's something I'd have to think about. My favourite Brundle interview is probably the one with Machine Gun Kelly um, when they, he went to get him the air guitar and Brundle didn't know what he was talking about. Um, <laughs> that was pretty... That one cracked me up. But I, honestly, other than that, um, to, to pick a... You see a lot of crazy things yeah. in, in Formula 1. Um, so I did a hot lap with Terry Crews. I basically drove him rounds. Have you seen the meme, the Terry Crews meme, where he's... Where he's no, I have, uh, am I aging here? Am I aging here a little bit? Yeah, okay. White chicks. White chicks. Okay, yeah. Joe's seen it. And he's um, he's like, yeah, he's like making my way downtown, and he's like singing it. And he did it. We did it in the car together as yeah. we're doing this hot lap around Vegas. That was probably one of the craziest things I've done. Yeah. Um, just weird experience, but really, really cool and an amazing guy. Um, and so, like those hot, going to those hot laps. How much of a thrill of it is making people shit their pants in the in the driver's seat? Because you need, Formula One do those hot laps with celebrities and stuff, and they are obviously crapping themselves. It must be great fun watching people in the passenger seat think they're about to die. Yeah, it's pretty. It is. It is quite funny. Um, it's something that I'll, especially in like Vegas with the street circuit, I'll always try and if they're because they're on the right side. No, they're on the right side or the left side of me. Whatever side they're on me, yeah. I always put them really close to the wall to try and like we'll go when we're going down the straight. You're, you're a bad man. man. You're a bad man. Vegas has a big strip, so you basically reach crazy speeds, and I'm basically just hard up against that wall, um, <laughs> trying to scare them. Which is quite it's quite funny, but um, it is cool. And it was it's the on those circuits like Vegas. That was the only time I got to actually drive the circuit, which was quite cool. Oh, nice! And they had that crazy sphere. There, how how wicked was that thing? That weird ginormous sphere on one corner, basically, whenever there was a, re- a red flag or the checkered yeah. flag, it was lighting up. How, that 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 whole that whole Formula One just made me smile from ear to ear because it was just so mad. It was complete madness from the oil dumping. Remember the old the, the old Chevy that dumped a whole lot of oil on the track before the race? All completely crazy um, stuff. So okay, you're on tour the whole time. Um, it's two days. When do you know whether you're going to be driving or not, or do you need to be in a state of readiness the whole time? Yeah, the, the whole time. The, the chances of me driving is very rare. Um, so obviously, what happened in Zandvoort was was a, a, a pretty you know freak situation, and it's a compete in those races. Um, but in general, being reserved, you're basically prepared for that at, at all times. So it's always a really low chance. Um, and obviously, in my situation, I don't want to drive because somebody's getting injured I want to be driving for my own reason for for obviously um, my own reasons but um, we have to be ready basically all the time so there's no like you know 
Because there's a lot of, they call them the dirty dirties in rugby, you know, when you've got a squad of 23 and they've usually got 26 and there's like three players who know they're not going to play on the Saturday and they tend to go and misbehave. The one time you do that, I guarantee, (laughs) someone's going to be injured and you're going to go, oh God, oh God, I shouldn't have been out with Shaquille O'Neal in Las Vegas last (laughs) night. Uh, I'm going to have to get behind the wheel. So you, uh, so you're just, buddy, ready to go. at any stage. At any stage, and, and honestly, with Formula One um, being a reserve, even even doing multiple years as now I've done, um, it's so advanced. There's so much to to learn and absorb that um, even as reserve, I, I basically uh, am absorbing a huge amount of information each weekend, and, and still still learning for sure. Um, and obviously, hopefully, one day I get the chance to drive properly. But and all of this would basically help that that step. Awesome. Um, I've got a quick. We do a thing called uh, 22 and 2, which is 22 very quick fire questions uh, in two minutes. Um, so I'm going to quickly fire those through to you um, once I get my facial recognition going on my phone. So uh, Liam Lawson, um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Uh, beer or wine? Wine. Hard or fast? <laughs> um, just in life, you know. I, mean, I imagine you're going to. It's, it's fast. Fast, yeah, fast. Uh, yeah, fast. Would you rather wake up nude next to Yuki Shinoda or Daniel Ricciardo? Oh my god, absolutely neither of them. Neither. Can I? Uh, I can't you, can you, I mean, look. I mean, you say neither, but I mean, it's like a would you rather. It's a terrible question. <laughs> okay, I'll move to the next one. There's not. I don't get much better. Uh, who would you rather? Um, no, would you rather uh, spend an hour watching Australian cricket uh, player David Warner replays of him scoring a hundred? Are you familiar with David Warner, the cricketer? Are you looking at me like okay, I'm going to move on? Thai or Indian? Uh, Thai. Uh, eat out or dine in? Um, dine in. Freddie Mercury or Elton John? Freddie Mercury. Wet or dry? Wet. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Trevor Kelsey or Taylor Swift? Ah, uh, Taylor Swift. Ooh. Okay, Christian Horner, Toto Wolf, and Gutner Steiner. Who's got the biggest downstairs? <laughs> If you you got to say Christian Horner, don't you? Christian Horner, yeah. yeah. You've got to say Christian Horner, yeah, okay. Um, what motorsport legend would you bring back uh, from the dead? Senna. Eaton Senna. Yeah. Good answer. Um, if this ceremony to bring back Eaton Senna resulted in you talking like Murray Walker for the rest of your life, would you still do it? And I'm talking like Murray Walker full, go, 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 where are you racing? So you, would, you, would you still go through with the ceremony? What? Of bringing back Eaton Senna? I would have, yes, you, Yes. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Um, have you, ha, yeah, totally. Have you ever fired a gun? Yep. Have you ever killed anything bigger than an insect? No. Oh, no, I don't think so. No. Um, who's the most famous person you've ever met? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Terry Crews or uh, Brad Pitt, probably. Oh, yeah, Brad Pitt's pretty cool. Not many people have met Brad Pitt. Um, uh, if you had a reoccurring dream... That a snowman killed himself with a hairdryer, would you be concerned? I'd probably be concerned if it was reoccurring, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did a good answer. Um, if you were offered a knighthood, would you accept it? Offered a knight, uh, you have to. Yeah, y- yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, at what age do people say they've had a fall instead of uh, falling over? You know, when your grandma yeah. goes, Oh, I've had a fall, dear. Uh, what, at what age does it switch from falling over to having a fall? Probably 70. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Have you ever screamed at anyone, Google me, motherfucker? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, no. Damn it. I have. Uh, if 
If you, if you were going to get a statue made of yourself, uh, Liam Lawson, what pose would it be and where would you put it? Oh, man. I, I, I don't know. It'd be like a race-winning pose. It would be a race-winning pose. Oh, I don't know. Dad's backyard? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> or your sister's place, just to rub it in. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it would be my sister's place. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Hey, Liam Lawson, thank you very much for joining us on the agenda. I wish you the best of luck this year. Uh, like you mentioned, I hope you get a drive and not for the reasons that it makes it uh, bad for other people, but you deserve it. Thank you. Um, I enjoyed the doco. You're a great human being. You're a great New Zealander. And all the best uh, for this season. I look forward to seeing you on Drive to Survive. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, mate. Well, there we have it, Liam Lawson. Pretty sure he won't give an interview with us again after that. Uh, there were several people interviewing him uh, that day, uh, including us, and I'm pretty confident we're the only ones that asked him whether Christian Horner had a bigger penis uh, than Toto Wolf. Uh, but there you go. Uh, I think he enjoyed it. Yeah, anyway, we'll be back tomorrow with your regular Agenda podcast.